But don't you think it's a little conventional? Mm. Yes, Mr. Sims, of course, if, if we were going to build a house, we'd want it, uh, well, you know, just a little bit different. Oh, yes, yes. Of course, this is just a point of departure. You don't have to adhere to any of this. Mm. In the first place, I'm afraid you've got the upstairs about twice as big as the downstairs. It's all those bathrooms. It's all those closets. Look, I think I know just about what you two have in mind. Suppose I go ahead with some preliminary plans, and then we can get together in about a week's time. All right, you do that. Fine. Now, Mr. Fidelford, we'll talk about the painting. OK. I had some samples. Oh, here we are. Now, first, the living. I want it to be a soft green. Uh-huh. Not as blue-green as a robin's egg. No. But not as yellow-green as daffodil buds. Uh-huh. Now, the only sample I could get is a little too yellow. But don't let whoever does it go to the other extreme and get it too blue. No. It should just be a sort of grayish-yellow-green. Uh-huh. Now, the dining room. I'd like yellow. Not just yellow, a very gay yellow. Something bright and sunshiny. Uh-huh. I tell you, Mr. Bedelford, if you'll send one of your workmen to the grocer for a pound of their best butter and match that exactly, you can't go wrong. Uh-huh. We present to you the case of the Blandings two city dwellers who fell in love with the country and tried to build their dream home. The architect hired comes off as an eccentric goofball who is yet another hand reaching for poor Jim's wallet. This is fiction. How? We're still scratching our heads how a flower sink requested by Jim's wife, Muriel, played by Myrna Loy, can cost $2,000. That's $1948-$2,000. And can be executed without client consent. But women, am I right? And now, our hosts, Vince Scalia, Jeff Walensky, and Roberta Pennington, try to tear down what Hollywood has built up. It's Starkitects. Guys, we watched a movie. <laughs> but before we get moving, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. I know. Well, I mean, by the time this is released, I will have gone off my dead ass and released Jungle Fever. <laughs> you want some Jungle Fever? <laughs> Everyone's got Jungle Everyone's Fever. Everyone's got Jungle Fever. I've got Jungle Fever. You got Jungle Fever I'm right like, now? I got... I'm like white girl hazy. Oh. There's I a pill for that. White boy hazy. I'm going to sleep that off. <laughs> Break that fever. Anywho, what's them. happened in the meanwhile? Let's see. Roberta had the flu, as did all my family members, mm. sequentially. Um, nothing. Vince I got nothing. continues to say nothing <laughs> is going on in his life, though we know contrary to that. And he just gave me a very defensive look, but Ooh. I know better. And Mazel Tov to the Walensky's. Mazel Tov. Uh, shalom. Yeah, yeah. Shmuchvuch. Lachim. <laughs> <laughs> Briss. <laughs> yeah, you want witness witness that witness that. Never, <laughs> never witness a circumcision. I've got witnesses. Never witness a <laughs> circumcision. You had a little baby boy, and he's the 
sweetest little guy. So beautiful. He really is. He really is. Yeah. So Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I got to hold him. And I did, it's like all that mommy stuff that I kind of grew out of a couple years ago just like kicked in. And I just did the, that The sway. uterus kind of jumped a bit. You yeah. did that sway and you're like, Rob, I, I want another baby. Give me another baby. stop smiling. I got baby just, fever. Yeah. Give me a baby fever. Get that baby but also, but also, apparently, uh, during this time uh, with the baby being born, I also, I have a a dad punch going, according to Roberta. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was just the way you were it's sitting. A, I'm like, that's normal. Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. I put on about thirty five pounds when I uh, was yeah. first dad. Yeah. First dadded or whatever. First, for when you first dadded it. Yeah. When you dadded it. Up. It takes a while to. Punch. Takes a takes a while to, to yeah get yeah, it all. Gotta, I think it was just gotta change that lifestyle. You were kind of like at that. Yeah, kind of fat sitting. <laughs> Can you do you mind not fat sitting right now? <laughs> it's really gross. So you're saying sitting. it's more posture than it's actual... more posture. You know, it's like you know, I'm putting on mass. Okay, you know, mass. I, I thought it was just the way you were sitting. It is the way of sitting. That's what I said. It's posture. 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 It's hey. pasta. Pasture. It's pasta. That's what caused it. So it's January. Yeah. January. It's January. 2019. Happy New Year. Everybody has a job. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the extent of it. Yeah, it's about the extent of it. Senior. 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 <laughs> Vince has moved up in the world. I'm no longer number two. Oh, he's <laughs> number three. Number three. He's Title changes. Interior designer three. Senior technical designer. Is that what you've been promoted to? It's official. <gasps> now, does that technically mean anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I I agree. I think I don't all know. titles are kind of bullshit. But I I'm I'm not. A, I'm congratulations. More, I'm more Vince. into actions than titles. Yes, like money. That's right. Mm. Show me it. But I think that just tells me. Where your priorities are, Vince. Where are you with the art and the? I've never been about the art. The art. The art. <laughs> More about I think the, the word fart. technical says it all. <laughs> Can I be a technical designer? You want to be a technical designer? Uh, yeah. When I grow up, I want to be a technical designer. Technical. Jesus. Technical. Or, yeah. a, base, or a baseball designers player. Speaking of technical design, we watched Mr. Blandings build his dream house with Cary Grant, the 1948. David O. Selznick produced. Oh, my God. Darling. And Myrna Loy. Uh, Myrna Loy. I'm just a regular New Yorker. I just kept and a I, native. You're a I'm a native, native New Yorker. I'm a native New Yorker. Oh, my God. And I just want to build a house, so darling. Hot. Okay, before we get <laughs> into so the hot. movie, yeah. I need to know yes. what the hell is Bill Cole's billable rate? Because that guy, their attorney is in their house. Nonstop. Well, so Bill Cole, okay, is their attorney, but he's also the narrator of this movie, yes. right? He annoyed the shit out of me. What's his billable rate? He's like living with them. He's like kinda? the guy. Kind no, of? I think like he's, he's always around. But he's a friend. He's a family friend and their lawyer. It's just, just a weird thing. But he also seems to work for the same company like the advertising company daddy why is mr cole in our bathroom again like yeah. like why he's always around yeah yes. yeah that was weird and 
And he takes a real special interest in this family, too. Like, he's narrating the movie. Well, it sounds like, like he used to date yeah. Miriam. Oh, really? Yes, he did. Okay. Because she had, she had his fraternity pin. Oh, does that mean just like a handy? Could be. I, I don't know like what, what that means when you give someone your pledge pin or something. Is that like <laughs> we're like doing hand stuff thing. or are we just Did kind you... of holding holding hands? Now, when you were a wee lad. A wee lad, yes. Back in the days before <laughs> yes. your hair turned. Yes. You, were... you mean 15? <laughs> <laughs> this hair turned at 16. <laughs> like Phil Donahue. Yeah. A snowy fox. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell that to Marlo. I don't know. Yes. Before you became <laughs> apparently Phil fucking Donahue, <laughs> salt and pepper. <laughs> the words can't. A uh, salt and pepper shaker. Real good, Roberta. I'm trying to push it real good. <laughs> like i could take advantage of you in your weakened baby state oh yes <laughs> this crazy look on your eye like what do you mean what are you talking about uh, i'm so defensive right now <laughs> um uh so when you were 15 did yes. you not give like a class ring or a necklace or some sort of token of love to you the the girl of your fancy no uh because that girl my fancy wouldn't talk to me um no i didn't didn't i didn't do no i didn't the the class ring thing uh that's i'm sure many of the people out there is like i want a class ring because everyone's getting it and then when you get it you never wear it in fact i don't know where my class ring is um i did give a necklace to some girls um pearl um and but that's about it freshwater pearls or saltwater oh definitely saltwater guys uh but they uh no i never did that i never did that i wasn't uh no i didn't do that now did did you receive any of that uh roberta yes you received i stop it well she gave obviously to receive jesus okay no (laughs) yes i did receive a class ring from two gentlemen in high school yes wow yeah Yes. Two. 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 Two rings. Wait, the same, what happened the same to time? the? What happened to these guys? Um, like one. Two rings. What? What made you? What did these guys do to you to make you choose horrible decisions later on in life? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you passed on like these. These guys would have been great, maybe. No. But it was high school. No, one of them was no a guys real, great no, in d- high school. Don't, don't ever stay with your high school sweetheart. Mm. It's gross. It's weird. It's weird. I mean, if you grow together, then good on you. But I haven't, I've yet to see yeah. one really. It's weird. It's old. It's gross. Yeah, Experience I mean, it's life. Like, it's such a Agreed. small Experience percentage life. of them that actually are like, yeah, this is date for me. Hook up. And don't um, hang on to your stupid shit like class rings yes. either. That's just a bunch of hunk of junks that you well, drag with nostalgia. you. Nostalgia. I, I had my, I'll, I'll be very honest, I had yeah. my class ring up to the point when someone broke into our home and stole my jewelry box. But I also had my mother's class ring mm-hmm. that she also had because she liked and she, she had a sorority ring as well. And that was they're like tokens, which is really weird because your mother had no class, right? <gasps> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Oof. 
But what happened to these guys? And so anyway, uh, they were in the same fraternity. If you look at the context of the movie and she at one point had a relationship with Bill and then moved on to Jim. My God. Right. And she had a diary to back it up that the kids read. They said it's quite tawdry. Oh, my God. This family, like, (laughs) so the the wife and the two daughters who are from The Shining. Thank you. Like, really creepy daughters wearing the same clothes. Uh, Or they went to Hogwarts. They had Yes. Yes. That's more. I think that's closer. (laughs) They were just like the little hat. Bicker, bicker, bicker. They uh, complain so much. My teacher says. <laughs> my teacher says that advertising is a parasitic profession. Well, advertising is paid for your private school and this <laughs> breakfast right now. And the clothes on you. And the clothes on you. Wait, that sounds like Catherine Hepburn. It basically is. Isn't <laughs> no! it kind of like the same? Oh, Carrie Grant is darling. just hot. Good looking man. Oh, Very Harry good. Harry Grant. God, he's stolen oh, my stick. <laughs> <laughs> the hair, the hair. It's thick. It's. He was looking a little dad body in that though. He was I mean, dad like uh, the tr- even though I know he never had he, kids you know because he he was had one kid late in life, really late with Diane Cannon, who was thirty years younger than him or twenty or thirty years younger. Oh. Than him. Yeah. What a scandal! Yeah, Diane Diane Cannon in the sixties. He had. Did kid. Not? Is that when he had the big glasses? That came on a little bit later. It's like right when he quit acting. Glasses. He like <laughs> quit acting after glasses. like charade or something like that. <laughs> he looked like Charles Nelson Reilly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he had a he had one daughter, and she acted in like CW shows too, like later on in, in the nineties and stuff. CW, WWB, the WB, the WB, the CW, the the Dubs. When you, well, the dubs be was it the WB before UPN was Ye- you know it, it very well could have been I think she didn't act that much wait but... was that like Malcolm and Eddie or that kind of thing this is WB? like before that... Moesha 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 <laughs> and sister sister and One Tree Hill was about nothing no, I don't know Martin in the Martin. name I believe it's pronounced Martin <laughs> and when we talk about One Tree Hill we talk about in the name of the Chad and the Michael and the Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so his his family, all they did was complain at him. Mm-hmm. And he was the breadwinner. And he was going through something, obviously. He's in this. He, he was under a lot of stress at lo- work. A lot of stress at work. And he's living in this apartment, which, by the way, all these New York apartments are huge. They're like Woody Allen apartments in New York. Yes. Four bedroom apartments. Well, and they're going to knock down some walls and make it a colonial. Right. And he makes in 1948, it was a $15,000 $15, a year. Yeah, and his wife some. was entertaining the idea of doing interior design to their existing apartment for $8,000? And, and, and Bill Cole is going to review the documents. Yes. Right. Well, he was looking at the proposals from uh, Bunny Funkhauser. Interior yes. designer. Bunny Funkhauser, Bunny interior designer. Funkhauser. Now, is this. Roberta, you want to use this name. I want to use this <laughs> you, name you so to, bad. I'd love to have you a need, set of You cards need a work name. And, the, and Bunny Funkhauser, interior designer <laughs> three, Vince? The senior technical. S- senior technical, interior designer three, Bunny, Bunny Funkhauser. Funkhauser. You have to introduce yourself. <laughs> that He's a funny young man with the open-toed sandals. I think. <laughs> I think Which. He was the first millennial. He was like, he just showed up to work and whatever he was wearing is like, whatever, dude. He's like the pre-beatnik. 
He was a half a century before his time. It's like, oh, the, oh, you mean that man who was wearing the hooded sweatshirt and the sandals to work? And Here the one who, get, who gets a check from his parents every month? As American as blueberry pie. pie. <laughs> I'm a through and through New Yorker. Archibald Leach. Um, oh, Archibald Leach. He, so, so, but his wife is, and he is a good looking man. Um, his, his wife, though, when she proposes a $7,000 interior design thing, that's half his fucking salary. And she had, like, no qualms about it. Right. She had no qualms about it. And he's, so, back to, like, Cary Grant's kind of like, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm losing my mind. I don't want to be here. You want me to invest half of the salary. That we, we have Gussie we have to take care of. Oh, which is that, totally out of nowhere. African-American made. Yeah, well, Gussie. Li- live in? Oh, she had to live in. I had. I asked that question to myself when I was watching. I'm just like, she she's living there, yes. right? Because she's there bright and early in the morning right. making coffee. Yeah, for he's him. getting all groggy and being a bitch, and she's been up for at least an hour oh, cleaning that place God. and making them breakfast. I'm like, good morning, Mr. Blanding. I yeah. know it's like, why are you getting all bitchy and fuck facey about your terrible, cramped living? Gussie lives in the back in a broom closet. Yeah, she's living in like, the broom closet. Like she had to take the broom sure. out so she could go sleep in it. Yeah, no, that was very bizarre. For, like. I can't believe that he had a, like a live-in maid yeah. in his New York apartment. That was fucked up. Like how entitled do these people think they are? Anyway, he's... Well, entitled is then... when they move to Connecticut and they move her ass up there with them. You know, well, so... they can't survive without her. But I mean. It's an hour away. Yeah. So does she not have any family? Thank you. Thank you. And there's no public transportation. Nope. No public and transportation. She doesn't have a car. Yeah, that's right. Even but with you, that $10 a week or month raise. or year we raise. We see say. her go up there, right? Yes. Like, we see her go up she there. She gets to sit in the back with Bill. Oh, of course. In, oh, in the back of a trailer. Like, yes. like there's like a rope. And she's like, hold on to her purse like she's the most lovely lady ever. and Because that's supposed to be funny. Okay. Fuck them. I, and then, like, so then we're talking about, oh, well, you know, well, if you want to afford that $3,500 mink coat and your trip to the West Indies. Is, Which do you want to do? To the to the wife? Yeah, like they were talking. Yeah, and that's yeah. how he convinced her to not do the remodel of their current right. place. I'd take the West Indies over that ugly ass design. Which is basically the made. Bahamas, right? I have no idea. <laughs> but he said, you're going to have to go to Reno. And I'm like, oh, because that's where you went to quickie get, divorce? get your divorce. They're not so, divorced? Wait, What? Well, he's like, when Bill said, well, I didn't want you two to have to go to Reno. And so uh, really it was uh, just a euphemism for getting a divorce because you used to get a quickie divorce by going to live um, in Reno for a couple weeks. The biggest little city on the face of the earth. He <laughs> um, <laughs> went to the divorce ranch. <laughs> so, it, I mean, obviously this movie's pre-9-11. I just have to put that out there, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it was a 9-11. It just wasn't that 9-11. But right. he, um, so... I found it really weird that, and I noticed right away is that there's like no score in this movie, so all these scenes, which are like they're comedic, like him trying to shave. I'm still at the beginning where you you yes. see how how crowded crowded it is. it is, and he's just not happy, and his wife is walking all over him. The daughters are walking all over him. Yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get ready for work in the morning, yeah. and and she's just like crowding him out of the mirror. Is like. Lady, so she can yeah. put her you toner on. Yeah, he's like, yeah. So he's like, so I, she I could love be ready bleeding. for him to leave for work. Something, right? 
And but the but like all these scenes had like there was like very little music I thought in this, mm. and it just made it more uncomfortable to watch. I, I don't know. I think the, this whole thing was thrown together pretty fast. I think this was like a like a rush job, and it was like supposed to be like those moments are supposed to be comedic, like him trying to shave, but. Cary Grant's like, he's a well-rounded actor. He could do comedy. He could do drama and all that stuff. But it's like, it wasn't like, it was, it was neither really funny. No. Or like, you're supposed to take it really seriously. So I don't know this, the whole movie to me was kind of in this weird limbo state that, that whole, there was like that whole progression from them, him waking up in the morning that the, when you first see them in the apartment and. Every time he sort opens of, a closet, everything yeah, falls falling down. falling on and going out to the kitchen, getting the coffee, and the one girl's already up, and the other one he has to wake up. And, and he's slapping just, Gussie's just showing, ass. Just showing how small <laughs> the apartment thing. is, and all you're all you're looking at is like, man, this thing is moving really slow. Yes. This is a slow-moving yes. movie. And they're trying to, to establish how cramped his life is. And the separate beds. Yes. <laughs> My God, darling, I have to stay over here. I don't want to get a boner. I I did not understand at first, like, how are they both able to turn the one alarm clock off? Right. And back on. And then back on. And then when they pan back and it was two separate beds, I'm like, oh. See, now they know how to be married. That is the way <laughs> They're to already beyond go. It. You do not share a bed with that lazy ass, sweaty, snoring motherfucker. You get your own bed. That way, your sheets are always smelling nice and doesn't have weird hair product on it. Mm, that's the way you do it. You think his pomade smells funny? God damn! Can you imagine how greasy that pillowcase is? He that hair, that like hair that. does not move. He wakes up like that. He's had, he had the same haircut in like his whole career. Yes, it was the same. Like it didn't get longer. It didn't get. Re- he did, he cut it really short in uh, Monkey Business one time, but. Uh, <laughs> Where he played opposite a monkey. Oh boy! Um, but it was pretty much the same. <laughs> that was Catherine Hepburn. What? Oh wait, no, that was Philadelphia Story. Yeah, Philadelphia Story. Stop. Monkey business. Um, so yeah. He buys her a corsage to convince her to go to Connecticut to look at this ramshackle bullshit house. Yes. After he does, after he sees an ad for it at the advertising agency, where he's supposed to come up with the most amazing slogan for ham. Wham, ham. Wham, ham. The, the whale, product is called Wham. Whale of a ham. Wham. Oh, my God. Not spam. But it's Wham. It's called Wham. So is George Michael or Andrew Ridgely involved in this? If they were, I would watch the shit out of that movie. Well, okay, just the wake, George Michael part. Wake me up before you go-go, darling. Exactly. That's Last Christmas. That's it. Choose, that's the slogan. Choose life. <laughs> choose life. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that cocaine. I want your sex. <laughs> I want your sex, I darling. Want your love. Darling. I want your sex. <laughs> Father, preacher. I don't know. Let's just go down the list of songs and Last rest Christmas. in peace, George Michael. Oh, I miss you so much. Bunny Funkhauser. Bunny Funkhauser. <sighs> so Where he goes sandals to work. So he goes, um, so so he sees this house mm. in in Connecticut and what what ha- so then he goes to his um his lawyer to like look at the papers yes, like he wants goes to, to Bill 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 says no 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 I think he oh, made an offer prior oh, to right, right, Bill because right, Smith the realtor because the flim flammer Bill was pissed off at him for not having him review 
the offer beforehand. Okay. Right, or the have the property inspected by an engineer. Ugh. Which fine. <laughs> your engineer. What did your engineer say about the sill plates? <laughs> Was this what, what did he make an offer? Or was, what when was it when nothing, he brought nothing. all he, he, he brought it, all the uh, I think like he made engineers on, on site? The, well, no, prior to that, he made an on the spot offer, okay, right? Of 11, no, 11,500, 11,500 dollars for yeah, quote 100 of, acres, 50 acres, 50 acres, 50 acres, mm-hmm. 50 more like acres. 35, <laughs> give or take. <laughs> so, he, he, so he, he, but it's nothing a woman's touch can't help. Oh, my God. It's nothing that Gussie can't fix. A woman's touch could really help the property. And he... And you buy it like a fine painting with your heart. You don't ask about how much the paint or the canvas costs to make it. You just know with your heart that it's right. So did he mean a woman's touch or like a decorator? Or are they going to get Bunny up there to? But Bunny Funkhauser, no, obviously. No, because we never got to meet. I wish Bunny. We never I saw. Wish. Which would have been Instead. a big pop of comedy or something like. Well, it would have just been a huge gay joke, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Gay beatnik coming Harry up there. Harry L. Sims, architect. Enter Harry Enter L. Sims. The architect. Yeah. Well, after, after. Five engineers gave the recommendation to tear it down. Tear it down. Mm-hmm. Tear it down. Yes, and they would usually that the the frame of a picture to show how much the house was, was leaning. leaning. And every one of them said, "Tear it down. Tear it down. Tear it down. Tear it down." But but now was it was it unethical for because Henry Sims or Harry Sims, uh, Mr. Sims. Uh, whatever the who's Henry the architect Sims. Henry, Sims. Henry L Sims. So architect. He was the one. He said we could we could save this house, right? Was he? That's what he said to him. He said that it was possible. It was possible. Now was that unethical? Unethical of him to say but that. I, after I think him. one of the engineers no. said if if the lintels had been rotted and the sills were fine. That's one thing. Or if the sills were rotted and the lintels were fine, that's another thing. But your lintels and your sills are rotted. Oh, my God. So this was uh, something that I thought was pretty true. Like, so he shows them the dra- Henry Sims or whatever shows oh them God, yes. shows them the drawings that that is and like the husband the... and wife Cary Grant and the wife go in there and just start drawing on his drawings. Going, no, how about we have I want a I candy cane slide and a cotton candy. Oh, machine, I want the conch chocolate fountain and puppy dogs. That slides. is the most accurate depiction right. of an yes. architect client interaction. It, uh... You, you go in there and you're like, here, this fits your budget. This is everything that you asked for mm-hmm. in our first meeting. And they go, but wait a minute. Where's all the things that I've dreamed about and looked at in this magazine since mm-hmm. we last talked? And I need to have all of these things. Where's my 19-car garage and my, bathroom and my for every basketball day. court and my underground swimming pool and my Flavor. fireman's pole the from second room, floor to the basement the flower sink and he and meanwhile they're just like okay you want that but the chimney goes there like you, absolutely you can't Ab- move 
So then you put the stairs there, then we're, he kept going on and on. And, the, and and they were oblivious the whole time. They're sitting there, just, they keep drawing, and then they like look at their watch and go, oh, we got to go. Yeah, Don. that's, what, uh, what's that, it was a very accurate. That I, really, I gotta say, really I was happened. like, oh yeah, this is exactly how this goes <laughs> <know>. down. <laughs> and he said, he, you know, he did, he was very accurate at the very beginning. He said, this is a point of departure. We don't have to adhere to this plan at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I say that all the time whenever I bring in a space plan and I get the, no, it's not what I wanted. And it's like, well, it's not everything I dreamed of I that I didn't like, well, tell you about. Exactly. Yeah, because we'll have something called a program where the client initially will, will have that sit down. They'll either tour us through their existing space and we make note of all the goods and bads and listen to what it is that they need and then what they want and then how it kind of pencils out with their schedule and their budget. Right. And then we put together that plan based on those numbers. And I cannot tell you how many times I have presented a space plan with all the numbers that we have agreed to up front and then they're like well actually we we're adding 12 more people we need three offices and we want a mm-hmm. 51 foot long community table yeah and, and another bathroom but we don't want to pay a cent more this was the first this is actually one of the only movies or one of the few movies where i liked the architect in it yeah like same like he was very level-headed he was amiable like Oh, he God. was fine. It, it was Cary Grant and his <laughs> wife and everyone else is just like a fucking moron or that, arrogant. That scene and in the end when there's like, what's this $1,200 ad? And then he's like, oh, wait. And he just like, he did like an autopsy on the bill. And mm-hmm. what happened? It was like, it was just four pieces of flagstone that I asked them to put down on the floor. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I know what they had to do. They had to rip out all the wood subfloor and put in a mm-hmm. reinforcement know, and then move this wall so that it, they could finish so, this. So they're just like, they're just sitting there bickering over blah, blah, blah. And he's just sitting there. You can hear him in the background just like, and then they had to rip out the wall in the pantry and, <laughs> and they had to reroute the, the water line and they had to, and then there's a 220 volt. <laughs> he went through the whole thing. Yeah. Absolutely spot on well, real life you know this is this is what you deal with as with your clients i would love to know his billable rate because yes, he seemed like he was living there too oh my god yes well yes I, and i feel like there was, there was it was kind of a combination of roles were smooshed together with the architect because he sort of took on this gc role because he was uh handling invoices that there were some hiccups that i think that the blandings could have pinned on him and not had to pay any more money because they put in a water softener they moved Mm -hmm. the flower sink without giving them a cost first to move it forward right so that was that was a big no that is a huge no no because that should have been a change order that they had to approve first i agree but i think she she basically asked the contractor to do it without going through him but the contractor then, it was his responsibility to go back to the architect and say, client is saying this, it's going to cost this. Is everyone aware of that? You mean so, like rabbiting the lallies? That fuck, I had no idea what that was. <laughs> what was that? Oh, we have, um, the guy who came down. Do you want your, so I was going to ask you want about your that. lentils rabbited into the lallies? Yeah, who would, has that, I mean, what contractor guy would come down and it's like oh you're the oh, owner of this no, project they, that absolutely is they'll do that they to do any i just need an approval from someone i need an answer from someone i don't care what oh it my is god no that's for that's for goddamn real are you the are you the the owner yes okay and then they'll they'll ask you this Unload. thing in like oh, total inside and they have no idea what they're speak. talking about mm-hmm well, they do, but they don't know that you... The right, you has, don't. Yeah, the client has yeah, no idea. Yeah, the client idea has no idea. Means. And they'll just say, uh, either they're really 
good and say, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Let's talk to architect. Right. Or show me. Show me what it is you're talking about. Or they they were like Cary Grant and didn't want to look stupid. Yeah. And then they say, um, no. It's like, okay, tear out all the, the lollygags. Again, this <laughs> would have been when the contractor would explain to him, if you go with this option, this is what will happen. If you go with this option, this is what will happen. And so good, responsible contractors ah. always keep the client informed as to hiccups in the process, schedule, budget, etc. And that's how you come away with a successful project. So that's, I mean, they, they tried to make it comedic and funny, but I was like, that's actually a breach of contract. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be doing that. Naughty, right. naughty. Right. I don't know. This would... Mm-hmm. This movie was like a weird combination of uh, Funny Farm meets The Money Pit. Yes. Well, I think it, The Money Pit was pretty much based on this Yes. Movie. Uh. But like the whole the whole idea of a, a New York couple moving out to the country. Yes. This is going to simplify our lives mm-hmm. and everything just goes to shit. I mean, in, in Funny Farm, the house was already built and they're coming across all these things. Well, but in Money Pit, they're building their dream house. If you're a writer in New York and you move to Connecticut, I'm sure there's just lots and lots of material right, that you can right. write Ooh. down. And that's so I'm sure there's tons and tons of little, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, or what was that one the with the lady and the baby, the single mom and the baby? Baby oh, boom. Oh, baby boom. Baby boom. Same I'm going to go out right? to Vermont to simplify my life right. and start jelly making. Yeah. Uh, applesauce. Oh, applesauce, sorry. <laughs> Hello, country baby. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So Funny Farm, that was the one with Mary Steenburgen and Chevy Chase? It's not Mary Steenburgen, although the the woman kind of looks like her, but is much better looking than Mary Steenburgen. Um, I don't know her. I can't remember her name, but it was oh. Chevy Chase and okay, okay. a brunette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. I saw that in the movie theater. I yeah. was like, oh, boy, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah, George Roy Hill. Um, but yeah, it, it, and it's funny. And it's like, and oh, and like when uh, Mr. Blanding is talking to the guy digging the well, mm. it's like, so uh, do you think about moving it over here? nope and then you ask him another question he's like yep like these local contractor guys and that's how it is in uh funny oh they're trying to find the house too remember yes. they're going over the covered bridge oh, the, and in, the bridge from the evil dead right yes. o- over yes. the river and to the right and in funny farm the movers are trying to find chevy chase's house and they go do you know where rosebud is and the guy's like yep uh where do we go and they're like, and it's just the locals out in the country there. They just make them sound like they're so fucking dumb and so dumb, yeah. deliverance. Do. Deliverance, basically, but it's Connecticut. It's really weird. Yeah. It's not rural Georgia. Yeah. Like it's Connecticut. An hour away is New York City. I mean, would these people have a picture of themselves on their mantle? Yes. Harry Grant. Yes. Oh, yeah. Did you see yes, that? Yes, I did. <laughs> But he's not the architect of this one. But he had a he had a studio headshot of himself. He had headshot on the mantle. I had that. Oh. Yes. I'm glad I'm not the only one who notices that shit. He has a photo of himself. So all these costs start. So they end up tearing down the house. Right. They just tear down the house, and then they start building it. They put in the well. They're trying to put in this well. They hit a spring. And, After six and, feet. And that's a, not a rock. It's a ledge. It's a ledge. You know, and then you Chico Mario. Is... <laughs> My Mario. brother Luigi. So it's, a, it's a ledge. Yeah, yeah you someone know. from who has ancestry from that area, do you find that stereotype offensive? I, I'm not from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I know 
that New England now, accent is really hard to understand. Now, uh, if you're a native New Yorker, <laughs> you don't have to deal with that. I did like how Bill Cole showed up in his tuxedo like he was Mr. Wolf. I don't know where he was coming from. But after he, they found out that he couldn't, they weren't supposed to tear down their house, mm-hmm. that he showed up and he's like, you owe six grand. Yes. And if you can't pay it. $6,000. How did that get overlooked at all? So who sold Cary Grant this piece of property that didn't I inform think, him that this was, there was a mortgage out on I this think thing? It almost sounded like the real estate agent was the mortgage holder. It could have been. Could have I don't know. It was just but like. But then it's like, well, Bill Cole, you're their lawyer. You should have informed them of the consequences of. Well, he did after they authorized him, after they authorized the house to be torn down. So he. So Cary Grant authorized the house to be torn down without having Bill review anything. And then because whoever held the mortgage found out that it had been torn down, they said, I want it. The, the mortgage is due because there's no house there anymore. Oh, so if you take a loan out on a house to buy a house and then you say, well, what I'm going to do is tear it down and put in uh, three townhouses on the same property. The bank would say, oh, well, actually, you owe me you still owe me 200 grand for this house that you bought or oh. or 400 grand if you live around here, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you need to pay that before you do any. Like make, you can do a renovation to the house, but you can't do you can't tear it down you can't tear it down because, because then there's not you'd be like well actually there's no house here so I don't know why I'm paying you to yeah. even though most of the I think I understood that paying like, is property I value, understood this move. structure value what so how much did he end up spending eighteen all, and a half on this house eighteen all, and a half all together I, I wrote eighteen thousand I wrote I put eighteen k for the ve. And then there was additional cost at the end. Oh, I didn't get the full ad because they were like blasting through those receipts. Well, at plus, the end. well, there was an extra twelve hundred dollars. Yes, ad flower for, for the the little for, flower thing. It was just four pieces of flagstone. Well, the the architect Sim said that like then he was that the one where he's like I made an executive decision on this. There was one. No, that was for the water softener. The water softener. Okay. That that was to save the boiler and the pipes. Yes. And well, they probably heat with oil, Roberta, because because they're so remote. They're not on city gas. They're they're using as brutal cream to uh, heat the house, <laughs> so it's flammable. <laughs> so, so what was the thing? Oh, but so what's the thing that makes him stay? Was it that he rips off Gussie's advertising tagline so he can make a ton of money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right? he didn't lose his job. So he did he quit his job in the end? Like, did he like leave it because he was just going crazy? I think he just walked out and figured he's, you know, I guess he's just not going to show up anymore. Right. He's, right. He decided since he it took him what six fucking months to, to come, come up with it. It's the best damn ham. No, no. <laughs> if if, if, was, if if you're not eating, you wham, eating wham, then you, you ain't, ain't eating ham. ham. Louise Beavers. Was my was mine worse than that? It's the best <laughs> damn ham. <laughs> so, but he, so he, so he 
takes Gussie's line, which you know he didn't cut her in on any of this. Ten dollar raise. He gave he gave her he $10 gave her the, the food pantry to live in, not the broom closet. <laughs> so yeah, if well, you ain't even wham, ba- might have her own bathroom though. I mean, that's yeah, that's called the it's called the them? pond. Hmm? Did Gussie share the bathroom with them at the old place? Ooh, he had to. Uh, there was no, a- no. There's got to be one down the hall because you know uh, down the hall. <laughs> it's this. You can use the community bathroom down the hall. Well, it's two bathrooms actually, but Bessie has one, and that's just unusable. But <laughs> I believe her name is Gussie. Yep. Bessie, but Gussie. There, there, there is a actress Bessie, Bessie that was. Oh, I think it was her name was Bessie or her character name, but she Gussie was her character name. Name, but there, there's but an, her name is Louise Beavers. Beavers, <laughs> and she was in the initial imitation of life, which is one of my favorite movies. Because it's about pancakes. But I think there was a uh, uh, an actress named Bessie who was kind of in those same roles. Yeah. And she won in it like an Academy Award. I yes. think she did. But it was like the Bessie and then this woman who played Gussie. Like they were two very popular mm-hmm. actresses that were kind of stuck in the mammy Ugh. type of uh, roles. It's depressing. Um Yeah. The orchestration, though, the, the one song that would play... And I'm totally blanking on how it goes. There is only one song. There's only one song that plays. But I swear to God, that is the song that plays in my mind when I'm having a good, productive day. It was delightful. I'm going to have to record that one. Hmm. Do you know who sang it? (laughs) No. No. It's just just some orchestration. Hmm. But yeah, I don't don't even know what, like, so he, he, he. Rips off uh, Gussie with, with the tagline for Ham. He right. can pay. He can pay for this house now. Apparently, it seems like. Or did he just make? Well, I, over time. Over time, it just seemed like this was the windfall. Like he, I got this tagline. I, I didn't get fired. I didn't get fired, and everything's going to be a okay now with this house. It's um, the best damn ham. But wham. wham. <laughs> There's a part where the windows go missing and the architect is following the order. Like he's feeling he's responsible for it. Mm-hmm. They didn't have windows in their home. Yeah. Well, they, they had windows. They just weren't the right windows. They were the right. They were the wrong size. That's that, right. That was some comedy. Okay. But they, they told you like the four, like, oh no, his windows are with the, the Mr. Mr. Fandings. Yeah. And then, sh- but, but then your windows got sent over to Mr. Galandings over in Upper State, Connecticut. But then Mr. Galandings' order got put over to Mr. Fandings' order down in Georgia. And you're just sitting there going, when is this going to end? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> comedy. It's like, oh, and then they walk around with her talking about pink colors. Was that when she said yellow is so gay? I wanted gay. Now go down to the grocer and ask for their pound of a pound of the, their freshest butter. Their their best butter. Their best butter. Now That's look at the yellow. Now look at this thread. This is the red that I want. And it, everything was like the, and there there's this paint contractor following her around, just going uh huh uh huh uh huh mm-hmm. uh huh uh huh. Oh, look at this wallpaper here. Now see these dots? Not. Not this filigree here, but this dot. Not this dot. This dot over here. This is the color that I want. Uh-huh. And then he, he goes to his assistant. He says, you get that? He's like, yeah. Green, blue, red, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what happens. That is totally the communication. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, oh, God. I don't, and technically, technically, 
the paint colors would have been decided long before they moved in because I'm sure Bunny would have had something to say oh, about it. Bunny Again, another missed, I just missed opportunity because you don't want to paint when all your shit's in there. I and think this movie was made on like a super super tight budget, time and money, and like adding Bunny would have just been another. You know, do you just, think they just dumped all the money into Cary Grant? I think, oh. I think, possibly yes. I mean, the whole thing just it it felt like a half a movie, really. I mean, it was a full length movie, but it didn't feel like a whole story. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. They kind of tidied it up too quick at the well, end. Well, and the ending was just like, come up and see us sometime. And he's and, reading Mr. Blanding's Builds a Stray Home. Yeah, oh, it, right. There was no. And what was that wrap up? Well, because it was a book. It, it was based it on the book. Book, okay. Yeah. Which maybe was there where they were kind of breaking role. the fourth wall a little bit? Like, <laughs> I hate ugh. that. As long as he didn't come out dancing and ask me to participate, I'm okay. Hey, with if you watch, the fourth law. if you watch Monkey Business oh, with Cary Grant, it opens up with a shot of a front door, and it has like the credits saying "Monkey Business" starring Cary Grant. And Cary Grant opens up the door and starts walking out, and you hear the director behind the camera going, "Not yet, Cary." Shuts the door. More credits roll. More credits roll. More credits roll. He opens up the door again. Not yet, Cary. Calling him by Car- Carrie, then finally he opens up the door like, okay, Carrie. And he opens up the door and then the movie starts. Breaking the fourth wall. So I don't, I don't know. It's like. Well, Bill already did that by being sort of a narrator. Yes. And then that part when he was like commentating. On how shitty New York was? No, no, no. The part where they were in the midst of the construction and he's like, daddy, daddy, come and look. There aren't any windows. Ay. Do you remember this? Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Why are they just letting the dialogue play out? Why was it running long? And he, they decided, you know, I think Bill, the voice of Bill, will really just push this. So, how long do you think it took them to build that house? I mean, besides the thirty days. Well, they took the, it the down, rush, the the thirty day rush at the end when they got the eviction. Notice. They well, they took it down in the winter time. Right. She was wearing her mink, and it was there was snow on the ground, um, and then it looked like they moved. They were done and hanging out in the summertime. So six months? I would go nine. I would say they had more interaction with any an attorney of any kind in that six, nine months nine, than nine. I have had in all of my life. <laughs> and you've been Knock on wood. And I I am a divorcee. <laughs> but you weren't lucky enough to have your, your attorney live with you and be creepy around you. I know. Kids. They should kick oh, wait. You work for attorneys. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. how they are? <laughs> oh, it's... They, uh... should, they should kick the maid out. I have to take that strong and, and shower every like, day to hey, wipe that off. Hey, hey, Bill, do you want Gussie's room? You can just... Oh, uh, yeah. Gussie's can you, room closet? Can you cook? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, he did hang out with Gussie quite a bit. I mean, he was in the back of the trailer with her when they showed up at the house. It was just very weird. I just thought the whole... One, him narrating this movie, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of half-baked... Yes. It was like they're giving exposition in the beginning. They're like, how do we get all this across? Why was he there? Yeah. I think Miriam and Bill were stepping. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He gave her a fucking pin. <laughs> of course. Didn't you read her diary? <laughs> Those diary pages were stuck together for Christ's sake. So so he shows up at her house and Carrie's not there. And what does he do? Puts the smoking jacket on. Yeah, he's in there in a robe. It's like, well, how about some brandy instead? Or let's open a bottle of champagne. 
I just thought it was a half big thing. Like they needed to get all this exposition out. So they, they had this attorney who was, it sounded like he was uh, the angel from it's a wonderful life. Like just kind of like yes. overlooking the whole yes. scenario of Mr. Blandian and his decisions and what would happen with Mr. Blandian. And then they stuck him in as this weird uncle lawyer friend that was just hung around all the time. I thought, and then with, with that coupled with the slow pacing in the beginning before you really got into what the if, architecture in this what, house what being built. What if it built. had been kind of his story? Okay, follow me here. Yeah. His story, he's underemployed attorney, her brother, okay? Okay. So then he's got a reason to be hanging around and doing yes. extra stuff. He's yes. like doing pro bono for them because, oh, I'll take a look at that for you, you know? And it's like, oh, oh you should have done this. Should have done this. Instead of someone who has a job but spends all of their time right. doing this personal stuff and you know they're complaining about 18 grand for like building a house he would have charged them 18 grand for just services right, right. he's billing every 6 minutes so and he's like there mm. all the fucking time well you know we were driving up to your house and that was an hour so you know that Right? I've got one for you, Vince, because I know this is a favorite hobby of yours to ruin movies for me. <laughs> what if what? this was a Jacob's Ladder scenario? Oh, God. Yes! And this was Bill Cole's deathbed. So he was bleeding out? So he was like, yes, he was in the throes of death, and he was creating the, the scenario of being <laughs> the most generous and loving friend to that would the make, landings. That would really make the end. On his deathbed, the ending make bitch, way... And he's been fucking that wife, and those two kids are actually his kids. That ending makes way more sense that way. <laughs> Just that, that weird So on his deathbed, <laughs> he's imagining the story where he's a side character. Right. Which is really... I like the brother scenario, who's a deadbeat attorney... <laughs> we could have both. ...trying to live in... But you find out the brother who's narrating this whole thing, Angel. Ooh! Ooh, like Angel. Like, Daddy, every time uh, or a, like the a, a lally sense. gag falls, an angel gets its wings. Like the Sixth Sense, where he's dead and... And, and, like, and oh. that Shamalama Ding Dong comes out and says, this movie sucks. Surprise! Surprise! Yes. I make bad movies! I you. I'm now rich! I you movie it's again. another twist of the plot. <laughs> Don't you see? They're all connected. <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> so he died of like lung cancer because of, he was like smoking, <laughs> smoking that pipe all the time. Like he was smoking. Every time they turn around, there's like a pipe. Yes. It's like yes. every man had a pipe in his teeth. Yeah, <laughs> Bill, yeah. Bill in this movie, his actual age, 22. Yeah. yeah, it's just no, all the smoking. I, yeah, I mean, just like all those people back then, just they looked old because it's just they they're no they're just drinking, which is fine, but they don't drink water no. <laughs> at oh, all. No. That would have been so odd. Uh, Jacob's butter. Jacob's ladder would have been perfect cram. on this. Or it's like, oh y'all come up and see us now, and then like the next thing you see is like it's just Bill in the hospital bed with a like oh, beep total master builder beep. scenario. Beep. And then the, the, nur the nurse turns around, the blonde nurse turns around, and it's the monkey from Monkey Business. <laughs> and he goes, in the Lancelot Link uh, voice, okay, that's just the end of the movie. The end. Damn you. Damn <laughs> Every time a monkey wears a wig, Mr. Blanding's house falls down. I don't know. I don't know. The lintels get lagged into the lag. The lintels get Send lagged in the Radio Gaga. Shit. Okay, so I'll ask you 
Then, based on his performance in this movie, would you hire <laughs> Henry L. Sims architect, Vincent A. Galea? I'm going to give it a tepid yes. Okay. Ooh, tepid. And tell me why, tepid yes. I'm, well, I think there were some some billing issues, like we discussed. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I think he did a good job of taking the client's actual needs and a lot of their unreasonable requests and and <laughs> and coming up with a solution. I liked how you lean into the mic when you said unreasonable request. <laughs> like having to move the chimney oh, around the house. <laughs> <laughs> the house, excuse me, it was the house around the chimney. Yes. Like a donut. <laughs> like a donut. Like a square donut. Yes, this would be comfortable and keep warm, but yeah. Really, it's more like a shish kebab, I believe. <laughs> Her blints. <laughs> oh boy, Jeff Walensky. I yes, I would hire Mr. Sims because just because, like I said, he I actually he was the most level-headed person in this movie. I thought he he was really trying to help these people. He was trying to keep budgets down. He made executive decisions, not wasting time. He knew there was a, a deadline here. The guy was. Yeah, he dealt with these assholes that were drawing all over his head, not making sense, wasted his time. Half the time that was wasted was because they're they're so arrogant. They're drawing on his drawing saying, we want to do this, we want to do that. He's like, oh. No kidding. Yes, I, I would hire him. I won't endanger my children by having less than four bathrooms. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Wouldn't it be fun if they had shot this movie twice and one was like Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House and then another movie... Mr. Blending from kills Mr. his family. Sims point of view. So it was just like Mr. Sims, he's like this mild mannered architect, and then he gets this like total <laughs> fiasco of a client. It's like the Blandings, and it's like just the slapstick that ensues. From but, the, to, but but Mr. Sims movie. Sims, get out of here right ends, away. It ends tragically with him, him like a very himself. With, with, but, but in a very Ooh, but in or, a very uh Citizen Kane way, the last thing is it has he's like hanging from the gallow, like he's his no. ne- his neck is about to break and the blood's going out of his eyes, and he just says Lally I think <laughs> his last words. I think it's like some yet, rosebud thing. Better yet, he falls off the chimney. <laughs> With the trying to hang the wreath on the (laughs) chimney, and he falls off and he hangs himself on the wreath by accident. Inconceivable, Mr. Builder. (laughs) Beep. God damn it! Why do we? Beep. (laughs) Beep. That's like another one just left. Oh, jeez, I'm crow. (laughs) Uh, so yes, thank for thank you for asking. I also would hire Mr. Sims. He had was very patient with them, uh, listened to them as far as what their wants for their needs were. Let them draw on their drawings. Yes, it it can be kind of a pain in the ass when they start drawing on it, but when they start to understand how you visualize, it helps them to feel you're they're getting more value when a revision shows up on their doorstep. Um, I well, also appreciated that he dressed so professionally. He had like that really beautiful like V cut mm-hmm. of his suit, so his shoulders just looked massive, and he looked trim in his waist. It pointed all that V straight down to his dick, type straight thing. to the D. Yeah, and then he had like a, this beautiful crisp bow tie. He had a series of them; they were lovely. Oh, and he made such beautiful watercolor renderings of yes, the finished product. He, he he definitely put the money where it should be as far as his efforts, and so because he had that beautiful. Fully rendered 
watercolor of the Blandings home. It sold them because before they were going to walk out mm -hmm. and then they came back in and started drawing all over that shit. And then he got himself a client. Mr. Bland and his wife treated his drawings like they were at a fucking Applebee's with the paper with the tabletop paper. <laughs> and, yes, the, the, and the, the kids came in with the crayons going, look at my house I can build. And he's sitting there going, yeah. what is happening? But thank God we have riblets on sale. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were like, you want and he also said, I'll get revisions back in a week. So God bless this sweet little soul that he's going to revise that action in a week. And he's a detail guy, so he's you got to love him. He was one of, he's one of the best architects out of all these films. Like Honestly, like he, yeah, he was pretty, he's the most architect -y of the He just seemed pretty like close a, to seemed like reality. an yeah. actual normal guy. Yeah. Just logically thinking through mm -hmm. things and not being so highfalutin and these bullshit grandeur ideas of like we could do this. it's like he was just being normal and he was giving it some style and he was yeah now are you gonna are you gonna ask us about bunny <laughs> the invisible bunny <gasps> the invisible bunny oh, oh we, we and, so that it's the like the, it's, a sequel, it's a sequel to harvey it's a sequel to harvey it's the sixth sense prequel <laughs> it is i see bunny <laughs> Wow. And then you get get Jimmy Stewart there and he's like, well, well uh, Bunny. Uh, well, maybe we should be wearing open top well, well, today. What? You call me Scotty. All righty. Mm -hmm. That leads us to my favorite part. Alive or dead. Yes. Are you guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. It's a little verbose. Verbose? It's a little verbose, but I'm pretty excited about it. All right. Sharon Moffat, a.k.a. Joan Blandings. Vincent Agolia, alive or dead. Joan Blanding's, sorry, child. Child. Bicker, bicker, bicker. Yep. Um, Joan Blanding's, oh, also God. known as Sharon Moffat, the actress, alive or dead? Alive. I'm going to say dead. She is alive. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> she's accomplished nothing. She's alive, 82, and this is the only credit she has on IMDb. She was terrible. I'm sorry. Like, I think they give kid actors way too, uh, like, easy of a time. Like, oh, he's a kid. It's like, no, there's good kid actors out there. This, She was not good. She quit. <laughs> she quit while she was ahead. Yeah, both of them did, actually. I was I was in a movie with Cary Grant, and that's, and that's good enough. That's as, as good as I'll ever get. And Myrna Loy. Oh, my Myrna Loy. Loy. Gosh, she's so pretty. Uh, I, I really liked her in the Sin Man series. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the rest of this will all be architects. Uh, and I wanted to aim at some of uh, the large architects. Mm. Um, like large, rotund? No, like large. Like can't fit out of the bathtub. Quantity. Like, like got stuck in the bathtub? Yeah. Large? Taft quantity, large. Quantity. Quantity. Um, Art Gensler, founder of one of the largest architecture firms in the world and has been running for four decades. Art Gensler, alive or dead, Jeff. Has he been running marathons for four decades? Is that what you're saying? Running the firm. Oh, sorry. Um, I'll let's say alive. He's running a firm for four decades. It's alive. He's alive. Huh. Art Gensler. I would have never alive at eighty-four years old. Art Gensler also started his firm doing tenant improvements. I love to bring that up to people who are like, "Well, we're no Gensler," and it's like, actually, you are if you started doing it doing mm -hmm. tenant improvement. Which the firm Vince and I are at started by doing tenant improvement. Why is that considered low end or something like it that? Is. Like um, it's just by, like oh we're we're more than tenant improvement by some people. Ti we're more than Ti's. Well, that's what happens a lot of times within the industry. Like I had a very well known local architect 
um, who was integral in shaping a lot of downtown waterfront tell me that tenant improvement was bottom feeding design work. Um, I had another person tell me that there's no artistry in tenant improvement. Well, that's bullshit. And I'm sorry. Well, you're all of it. There is should bullshit. be. You're improving it's, things. It, well, it's it's also there's a lot of creativity in working to polish the turds that you uh, so many that, turds that yeah. you have to polish. Yeah, and you have it, to do well, it. You have to be creative in like and less than six weeks. It. Right. I mean, and you're actually doing like good work because a lot of the times that your clients are are companies that are not just starting out but are mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on the they're they're beginning you know right. beginning fee right. and you have yeah. to make something that they can afford and they have they can grow into yep and they can and you know it's if you are into um like what the user experience is the the place where you park your ass every day That's for, TMI for for 10 TMI. hours is yep. is Amen. like real design as yep. far as i'm concerned well, and i, I might just be biased cuz this is what i do well yeah exactly and then i chose tenant improvement over doing other high concept work because there's it's like a gateway i'll call it a gateway drug to going into design because it's it's very simple going from a to b doing tenant improvement but there's an efficiency that you have to have you really have to know your shit as far as code documentation any kind of finishes, um, and definitely how to talk with contractors. If you're able to pull all of that together, you have successful projects and people come back to you for repeat business because of that efficiency, that you're able to talk with plans examiners, get get projects permitted. I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and you know, they want to know about check sheet comments. And I tell them, call the guy who wrote it then you'll get a direct answer. Why are you coming to me about it? I don't I don't know anything about your project. But he didn't give me a permit. He didn't give me a permit. <laughs> I don't care. So are you that, saying that that uh, tenant improvement is the gateway to adventure? Tenant improvement is a gateway to, to these these like big shiny design bullshit things that people totally just get all, you know, gooey in the pants about. Like some of our biggest clients that have come in for corporate work started by doing smaller tenant improvements. The gateway to adventure. The gateway to adventure. It's the gateway to adventure. It's the gateway to adventure. It's the gateway to adventure. (laughs) That's an actual. That's an actual commercial for a car dealership here in Portland, where they talk about it. Their their tagline is it goes it there's it's a gateway to adventure. It's a gateway to adventure. (laughs) And then the last line. It's a gateway, it's a gateway to, to adventure. adventure. <laughs> like that's it. Couldn't think it was a gateway to adventure. It's, anyway, not worse than the trunk monkey. The trunk monkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From monkey business. No. Mm-hmm. From the another local card. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that out about Gensler because Gensler is considered um, top of the heap as far as corporate design goes. Like they do really beautiful, beautiful work. So the hiring managers are at Gensler. You can look up both Roberta and Vince on LinkedIn <laughs> as they, yes, there's plenty of jobs available at Gensler. Um. I just wanted to say that. Mm. Um, and then there's uh, another very large firm that's been around since uh, the beginning of time. Not really. Um, been around a long, oh, a long while. Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill, a.k.a. SOM, S-O-M. SOM. 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 So uh, verse 3. Uh, there were three, um, or there are three founding uh, principles mm-hmm. to you your, Psalm. You got your Skidmore. Got your Skidmore. You got, you got your, your Owens. Owens. You, you got, got your, your Merrill. Merrill. Yeah, 
So which one is alive or dead? Vincent Agalia. Damn it. Louis Skinmore, alive or dead. Ooh, that's tough. They've been in business for a long time. Indeed. I'm going to guess alive. Okay. I'm going to say Skid Row is dead. He is dead. He died. 18 in life and got it. 18 in life to go. Oh, Your time is crying. Yes. 18 in life to go. Skid Row. Oh, Skidmore. Sorry, Skidmore. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he died December 27th, 1962. Oh, Ooh. No. Man. So that was a bad guess. Yeah. Nathaniel Owings. Jeff? Nathaniel Owings. Dead. Skidmore. That's great. Owings. Merrill. Owen. Um, Ted. He's a dead. Vincent? I'll say alive. He's dead. He also died in December of 1962. Just, it was a suicide pack. It was a plane crash. They were like, a murder suicide pack. Because he goes, he goes, I love you, Mr. Owens. I love. It's like they, Lindsey Graham, how he said, I love John McCain. He's like, I love Mr. Owens. I love him so much. We're going out together. I can't quit you. My mom is my best friend. I can't quit you. My mom is my best friend. And finally, John Merrill, the last to join SOM. Jeff, alive or dead? John Merrill. John Merrill. uh, I'm going to say alive. And Vince? Now, did he jump ship and... He was not part of that suicide pact. Merrill Lynch. So he... (laughs) I'll let you figure that one out. Or the clothing clothing thing, Merrill, right? John Merrill is also dead. Damn it. In December of 1962, (laughs) in a big ball of flames. They're all... They're all... They're all dead. They're all dead. Wait, did you say alive? You I said, said alive. alive. Okay, so both of you, you, you These the are point. people who died. Who died. died. These are architects who died. Died. I see Bunny Funkhauser but and dead gets, people. This gets interesting, though. Okay, so first of all, Nathaniel <laughs> Owings, he died June 13th, 1984, and John Merrill, June uh, 13th. Oh, weird, 1975. Mm. I don't remember reading those obituaries. Yes, but here is some interesting factoids. So excuse me as I read... From my epistle. Yes. Um, but this is some history, some really fucking fascinating history of how SOM started. Um, because I just, I'm always fascinated by how firms start. Um, of note, SOM is responsible for de- developing the town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee, the town where the government developed the Manhattan Project. They also developed the Oak Ridge Boys. God the damn them. Architecture firm, SOM, was contracted to provide a layout for the town and house designs. John O'Merrill moved to Tennessee to take charge of designing the secret buildings at Oak Ridge. Secret. He directed the creation of a town, which soon had 300 miles of roads, 55 miles of railroad track, 10 schools, 7 theaters, 17 restaurants and cafeterias, and 13 supermarkets, a library with 9,400 books, a symphony orchestra, sporting facilities, church services for 17 denominations, and a Fuller Brush Company salesman served the new city and its 75,000 residents. So initially, completely this, segregated. <laughs> this this town was like 3,000, and then the government said, "Hey, let's test nuclear things here." And 75, it swelled to 75,000 well, because of the nuclear radiation. They multiplied. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. Testies. Yeah. Well, it was all fission. It was a testy um, no, subject. Oh, boy. No airport was built, however, for security reasons. Prefabricated modular homes, apartments, and dormitories, uh, many made from semesto, a.k.a. bonded cement and asbestos, 
Mesothelioma. Were erected. Streets were laid out in the manner of a planned community. Construction personnel swelled the wartime population of Oak Ridge and the dramatic population increase. And They're the like secret, sailors. And the secret nature of the project meant chronic shortages of houses and supplies during the war years. The town was administered by Turner Construction Company. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, through a Ooh. subsidiary known as Roan Anderson Company. For more residents, however, their, quote, landlord was known as MSI, Management Services, Inc., the news of the use of the first atomic bomb against Japan on August 6, 1945, revealed to the people at Oak Ridge what they had been working on. The Death Star. Isn't that fucking crazy? You may not have been yes. working on the Death Star all this time. Yes, sir. I know, but that's really fucked up. And that is how SOM really put their name on the map and made a fuck ton of money. And that's through government work. And I know that mm-hmm. Edith Green... The building that I worked on uh, through an architecture firm in town, Sarah, that original architecture, that original design was by SOM. So they created these cookie cutter buildings that said, this is a federal statement and this is what we want all buildings to look like. SOM created those as huh. well. So it was like the government went to them. They were the go to. The after... government. The government. I know. It's the government. It's the government. I know, I know, I know. So I just was like, woo, that's a really good juicy. That's some juiciness. That's very interesting. Thank you, Roberta. You're, well, you're welcome, all. Yeah. I felt a little mansplained, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, when you walk, it goes heel, toe. Tell me more. Heel, yeah. toe. Tell oh. me more. Oh, okay, so Tell when you have a fan moving in a room, it takes the cool air and the hot air, and it mixes it all together to make warm air. I don't think that's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Wait, hold on. Let me strap on it's, this penis so you'll believe me. It's called, How about now? It's called confection. How about I, now? I never knew. <laughs> so do you believe me now that I have a yes. wiener? Yes, I yes. do. It's incredible. That, that's a beautiful wiener. Thank you. I've been working on it. Look yep. at the great detailing of the veins. Oh, yes. Throbbing. Thanks. <laughs> so our next movie, next time we meet, it will be the Joan Collins and Karima. That's right. The actress's name is Karima. Like Cher, but before Cher. Classic, known as Land of the Pharaohs, 1955. Oh, boy. Thank you, Jeff. We're, 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 we're getting old on this one. Hey, this one's 48. We're coming back in. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting closer to the 21st century here. <laughs> and it's going to be beautiful. So Land of the Pharaohs, is that like a... No, oh, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. No, no. No, no. And you know what? The way this podcast goes, that could change. <laughs> Change tomorrow. It could probably change tomorrow. Like Someone could crap out a kid and we'll go on I and know. crap it out. Like three months Someone will get the flu. Vince will hook up with. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say anything about that. Anywho, but visit our website, www.starkitectspodcast.com. That's starkitectspodcast.com. Visit us on Facebook. Visit us on Instagram. Send us an email. Send us an email, info at starkitectspodcast.com. Info at starkitectspodcast.com. And that's it. Guys, wow. It was good. Good episode. Good episode. The podcast. The podcast. podcast. Bye. Bye. Starkitex is a Pinzac production. Executive producers, Roberta Pennington and Jeff Walensky. Logo by Joelle Walensky. Music by Better is the Enemy. Your reviewers today were Vince Scalia, Jeff Walensky, and Roberta Pennington. Opinions of the show are solely those of the reviewers and not intended to be followed as professional advice or service. Follow Starkitex, the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website, 
starkitectspodcast.com. Me, I'm Eliza Lopez, and I'm done.